just have to follow along in your Bible. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11. Luke 15, 11. I'll start on verse 11. Join me on verse 12. And then we'll read down through verse number 14. Uh, Luke 15, four, uh, 11 to 14. The Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. About seven years ago, I was in Rockford, Illinois. I was at a conference, and while I was there, uh, a pastor that I know, his, his, uh, uh, his son uh, was killed in an accident, and there was a funeral going on. It was about an hour and a half from where I was. So I drove to... Uh, to that uh, funeral uh, to try to be a little bit of comfort to that pastor who was burying his son. And you know, when you look at a life that is cut short, it is different than when you have someone that has lived a full life and faithfully served the Savior. We Look at some of those that we have said goodbye to on this side. Uh, the Brother Jules, the Brother Coles, the uh, Brother, uh, uh, let's see here, oh, so many. Uh, but you, you say goodbye to people that uh, have faithfully served, and now they're, they're in heaven. But, but they use their life to serve Christ. But when you have someone who knew the way of the Lord and went a wrong direction and destroyed their life, it's a different type of funeral. It's a different funeral when somebody is running from God than when someone is running to God. In this passage of Scripture, we find the prodigal son. We find that he ran from everything that was good to everything that was bad. Praise the Lord, he was able to come back. But that's not always the case. It's farther to get back to God than it is to get away from God. That way back is often far harder and longer. And oftentimes people never make it back. And tonight I want to speak to you on that subject. You might not make it back. You might not make it back. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us this evening. Thank you for the truths of your word. Uh, you give them to us uh, to help us. And I pray that tonight, because of uh, some things that we look at in your word, 
that people will be uh, strengthened and more determined uh, to stay faithful to you. I pray that tragedy would be averted and that you would be glorified in the lives of each person that's here tonight. Uh, But Lord, I pray the devil would be defeated and you would be glorified. So help us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. This pastor's son, he, uh, he had, as a teenager, surrendered his life to preach the gospel. He had not only surrendered his life to preach the gospel, he was, he was a young man that would go around town and set up tents and would preach. They said that between 700 to 1,000 teenagers would show up to listen to this young man preach. Hundreds of people were being saved. This young man, he had a special anointing of God in his life. He had been called to preach. He had surrendered. He was serving. He was active. He was doing everything right. But somewhere along the line, he got casual in his service. Dr. Hiles used to say that you will, you will, there will never, would never be a casualty if you did not first become casual. And somewhere along the line, this young man, he became casual in his own personal walk with God. He, let, he started letting some boundaries down. He saw blessings and he saw uh, prosperity as he was serving everything. He sort of had that Midas touch from everything that I knew about this young man. But somewhere along the line, something happened. And he began to dabble in drugs. And it was a spiral downhill. Drugs got a hold of his life, and he went wayward. And for 30, till he was 38, half of his life was consumed with drugs. I had met him just a little while before uh, his funeral, about six months before his funeral, I had had seen him, and he was trying to get his life back into order. He had gone into some programs and trying to get things put back together, but he slipped off again. He was out here in California and flying down the highway on a motorcycle without a helmet, and he had an accident. And they said that the EMTs and paramedics that were on scene, his head just exploded. They were just picking up pieces. You know, we all think that's somebody else. Everybody thinks that would never be me. But nobody thought that that would be that young man. Nobody had it in their mind looking at this young man and all that 
had been given to him, all the talents, all the blessings. He, he was in church. He was serving. He was faithful. He knew everything. He knew all about the Christian life. But you know what? We all have this thing called the sin nature. And if we give the devil any room, he will destroy us. He is a destroyer. It's not just that he wants to hurt your testimony. He's a destroyer. He wants to destroy your life. Now, when we look at this passage of Scripture out of Luke, the heavenly, our Heavenly Father is the Father. And this is symbolic of someone leaving the Father and going out into the world and then coming back and being salvaged. Uh, but something happens in life, and if we're not careful, we can find ourselves giving in to some ple- some sinful things that we think are just are just pleasures or uh, or insignificant things, and we start giving ourselves a pass on things that will lead us away from the Lord. Uh, you know, as a Christian, we we have got to be wise as serpents. Harmless as doves. What is it? We need to be aware uh, of, of the decisions that we make. Uh, what, where is that going to lead us? Where will that step take us? Is that step going to take me closer to the Lord or is that step going to take me farther away from the Lord? He said, well, pastor, it's only one step. It is only one step, but what direction is it taking me? And if it is taking me away from the Lord, then I need to really uh, look at that step and, and make sure that I am not giving myself a pass. Why would I want to set myself up for failure? I don't want to set myself up for failure. I've seen a lot of people fail. I have made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I don't want to see my life destroyed. You don't want to see your life destroyed. We don't want to see each other destroyed. We don't want to see our families uh, destroyed. We want to see our children destroyed. That's that's why we have to be on guard. And here as we look at this passage, uh, I I want to just help us understand uh, that we are not an exception to the rule. We're not an exception. None of us are an exception. I, I, know, I know people who in their 80s blew their marriages up with immorality. You know, you think you get to a certain age that that won't be a problem. But the devil's real. And there, it doesn't matter how old you are. There's no exception. It doesn't matter how long you have been saved. There is no exception. 
there's sometimes, especially dealing with young people, we'll, we'll use illustrations. There'll be people that have, have gotten saved out of a, uh, a very wicked lifestyle. Uh, I remember reading the biographies of men like Freddie Gage, who was a uh, drug dealer on the streets of New York City, and uh, he got saved and uh, went back into the gangs and went back to his uh, suppliers and to the people he used to deal drugs to and went back to uh, and started sharing the gospel uh, uh, with these people. Uh, and you hear about uh, the, those, those uh, testimonies, how somebody had, had gone so far, far uh, in a wrong direction, got saved, and accomplished so much. Uh, Praise the Lord for those stories. But sometimes the young people get an idea, well, they did all that and everything's good right now, so I can go do whatever I want to do and I can get it right later. But you might not make it back. You see, this prodigal here, the prodigal made it back. But how many don't ever make it back? How many don't even come close to making it back? So here as we look at it, I want you to see first of all, verse number 11. It says, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. First of all, I want you to say, see, he went. He went. He left home. He left his area uh, of of security. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, when you're 18, 19 years old and uh, you get out of high school. I'm not saying that uh, you, sh- you should uh, leave uh, uh, every place that's close. I mean, you go to college, those are, that's good. Uh, Seely and Anna, they went back to college today. Keep praying for them. Brother Franklin flew back with the girls. Mrs. Franklin flies back tomorrow. Uh, to be with them as well. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, he left this area. Uh, you, you, you get out of school, you, you, uh, uh, you have your own life, uh, you uh, establish your home. But what we find here is he left everything that was an accountability to him. There's something about being still at your home church. There's something about being close to people who know you. You know, when you get away from, that's why there's such a danger for those that are in the military. They get saved, they grow up in a good church, uh, they get into the military, and all of a sudden they are one of thousands They don't have their pastor, parents, spiritual influences, the people that uh, they look up to as mentors, and now all of a sudden they can get very easily sucked into the ways of the world, the drinking, the partying, the carousing. Uh, You know, uh, there is is something uh, that's valuable about staying close to those that uh, can influence you for God and for good. 
It's important. It's important for us to have accountability. Every one of us need accountability. We need accountability. And so uh, when you move to an area and you are getting away from everybody who had some accountability in your life, some mentorship, some influence, uh, you are in a dangerous place and you have to very quickly find that, uh, those, those mentors. You need to find uh, that body of believers that can come alongside. Uh, you need to establish uh, those people around you because we need that. We need somebody uh, to check in on us. If we're out, uh, somebody to, to pick up the phone and give a call. Hey, is everything okay? Uh, missed you. Uh, and so he went. Uh, the Father here represents our Heavenly Father and he owns everything. And Everything that we have uh, comes from him, and he has given us a free will. Uh, but, but with that, uh, in that free will, we have to be careful on the decisions that we make. Uh, we get far away from those that are trying to help us do right. We will find ourselves in a, in a dangerous situation. So he took his journey into a far country, the danger of getting away from home and family and church and friends and the area of accountability, that's dangerous. So he went. Uh, so if, if, you are, if you find yourself in a situation like that, you have got to reestablish that wherever you are. Amen. Uh, that's why it's important for you not only to come to church, but also to have responsibilities at church. You know why? Because there's accountability there. Without that accountability, eh, it's only a Wednesday night. Eh, just, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> my, my throat is a little scratchy to, this evening. I'll just... I'll just watch online. Oh, my nose is running. You know, it's allergies. It runs for six months out of the year around here. It doesn't stop us from going fishing and shopping and any of those things, but it's amazing how, how many times it keeps people out of church. Amen. So he went, first of all. Secondly, he wasted. He wasted. Verse 13. And he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. The word wasted there is to squander. He, he blew it. He squandered. He wasted. And the result of running from God is a wasted life. Not just wasted resources, Though we see that here, wasted life. I don't know about you, but there are things that if I could do over again, I would. Man, I'd do this over again. I'd change how I address some things. I would change what I did or what I did not do that I should have. And, and here, this this example that the Lord is giving. Uh, this isn't a real person. This is an example. This is a parable. He is giving this example of this person, and he's given it to us for a reason. Why? So we will not be this person. 
He does not want us to be a real example of this illustration. I remember as a, when I first went into ministry, I was 22 years old. And as a 22-year-old young man in ministry, I would go, I'd hear preachers preach, I'd hear uh, other people talking and using different illustrations and uh, the, the things that they had learned and seen and observed, and I thought, man, I don't have any illustrations. And I, and I remember carnally thinking, man, I wish I had some illustrations. Well, now I've got the illustrations and I wish I didn't. Because every one of those illustrations, they were a, they're a life. It was a person. It was a family. It was brokenness. Now, praise the Lord, they're illustrations for good. But here we, we have these illustrations that God has given, this example of what he did not want to happen. You know, none of us want our kids to go astray. God doesn't want any of his kids to go astray either. That's you. It's not all just about the kids. Every one of us are a child of God. If you're saved tonight, you're a child of God. And he doesn't want you to go. He doesn't want your life to be wasted. And so here we see that uh, it was wasted. He took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. He wasted, he squandered, he scattered. The result of running from God, leaving the Father, is that uh, we squander all that he has given to us. You know, everything that we have, it's not ours. If you're a child of God, it's his. He's just letting you use it. He just lets me use it. It belongs to him. So if I am, if I am running from God, what's going to happen? Uh, I am going to squander what God has given to me. Uh, he, he has given, maybe it was wealth, uh, health, uh, the life and living, the ability uh, to live for him, uh, purpose, the purpose of our creation. I do not want to miss doing what God created me to do. I want to be who he created me to be. And I don't want to waste that. I want to make sure that I'm fulfilling that. That's, that's what you want as well. Having that passion uh, for the existence. He, he had wasted all of that. The excursion into a life of sin, an excursion into running from God, it results in us wasting what God has given to us. Uh, the devil will never leave you, he will never leave you happy and fulfilled. He'll never leave you that way. He will leave you broken. He will leave you broke. He will, he will leave you 
without. He is a, he, he is a, uh, he's a, a thief. He will steal and rob from you. He will take away your joy. He will take away your happiness. He will take away any fulfillment that you have had. And he always leaves us destroyed and despondent uh, and discontent. He will leave us broken and battered and bruised. Uh, Sin uh, will destroy us. And that's what happens when we leave the Father. If we're moving away from God, we are moving closer to the devil. So let's not leave him. Let's stay close to him. Let's, let's try to stay where he would want us to be. Uh, the, the statement, you've heard it before, sin will take you farther than you wanted to go. It will keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And it will cost you more than you were willing to pay. And it's not just a cliche. It's true. We've seen it. If you've been saved for any period of time, you have witnessed that over and over and over again. So let's stay close to the Father. Let's, let's not allow ourselves uh, to, to leave him. Uh, so here, the prodigal, he went, he wasted. Uh, but I want you to see thirdly uh, that uh, uh, with that, uh, he, uh, he wished. He wished. Look at verse 14, Luke 15, 14. It said, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called uh, thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. You know, when he finally hit bottom, He wished he could have been back home. When he hit bottom, he wished he would have never left home. He wished he would have never started that journey. I don't know about you, but I would rather learn from somebody else's mistakes than my own. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, I just have to make my own mistakes. How foolish. Man, look around. All you have to do is look around in the world. Boy, that didn't work out so good. Note to self, don't do that. Why would we not want to learn from the mistakes? I want to learn from the prodigal son. Why? Because I don't want to be a prodigal. Oh, pastor, you, you're not a prodigal, you're a pastor. No, prod, pastors can make mistakes just like anybody else can make mistakes. I don't, wanna, I don't want to blow my life up. I don't want to uh, get away from the Father. I don't want to go a direction uh, into sin. Uh, and 
I don't have any more responsibility to do right than you do. We all have a responsibility to do right. And so here, as we look at this, uh, I don't want to get to the end of my life into a place of brokenness and say, man, I wish I had never done that. Fill in the blank, whatever that is. Say, well, how can I avoid that? Stay close to the Father. Stay close to the Father. Keep yourself in a place where it is easy to do right and hard to do wrong. Put up some of those boundaries and barriers in your life. Why? So you don't shipwreck yourself. You know, you drive down the freeway, and they've got those metal barriers with those big 12 by 12s buried in the ground. And you look at those, and I have never heard somebody say, man, why do they put up all these rules? What a dumb rule. Why do they put that there uh, just trying to keep us from having fun? No, it keeps you there so you don't get hurt and so you don't hurt somebody else. Put some boundaries up in your life that'll keep you on the right path. Why? Because you don't want to go into the oncoming traffic. You don't want to go off a cliff. Years ago, I've told you the story, uh, I was preaching a youth camp, a winter camp up in Washington, and it was up on White Pass. And White Pass uh, you've got the, the Cascade Mountains, you've got uh, Snoqualmie Pass, I-90, uh, that goes across to eastern Washington. Then there was White Pass, uh, was along Highway 12. And Highway 12 was a two-lane highway, uh, and it was uh, had two lanes going one way, two lanes going the other way, and they were completely separate. And I'm, I am driving along in the winter, uh, heading to this uh, camp, and it, it had been snowing, and I'm, I've got a, 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 uh, a big metal uh, rail on the side to the right of me, and then it's just a 200-foot cliff going down, uh, at least 200-foot cliff. And so I'm, I'm driving, it's snowing, and all of a sudden from the uh, mountain up above me, some uh, snow comes shooting across a little small avalanche, and it comes down across uh, two, the two lanes, and I drive across it, and I said, oh, that was cool. Not very smart. And I'm driving, and there's no going back. I mean, it's two lanes. You're uh, going one way. There's no return. And so I'm driving a little bit farther, and all of a sudden, uh, another little avalanche, and it comes by, by, and it covers about 10 foot of the road, but about only about a foot high. And so I drive over it, and it's like, okay, that was a little bit more snow. And there was, an, there was a car, a little car that was in front of me, and all of a sudden, another avalanche came and buried that car. And you say, this is not good. All of a sudden, it went from cool to, uh-oh. And so I'm watching, and these guys climb out. They, they uh, dig out of the, the snow, and they, they're up on top of this 
this big pile of snow where their car is at. And the f one fifty's pulling in behind me and he's slowing down. And I look in my mirror and another, another avalanche comes down, hits this truck and slams it up against that steel barrier. And all of a sudden it is no longer cool at all. Now it's, okay, Lord, we need out of here. <laughs> Get us out. And it took about two hours before they ended up getting a snowplow come back up and uh, got us all out of there. And I was happy to be out of there. But you know what? I was real happy that that steel barrier was there. So was that guy in that truck behind me. It would have just shot him right off of that cliff. You know, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to destroy a life. And the Lord gives us these examples. Why? Because he doesn't want us to be a prodigal. He doesn't want us to allow the devil room in our life. We got to stay close to God. Look at our life. Ask him to help us, to guide us. Ask him to lead us, to stay close to him. Why? Because if I get away, I'm so thankful God is a forgiving God. And when we blow it, we can come unto him. He said, he said that uh, he said if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord, that's true. But it doesn't mean that we will ever get to that spot where we even want to come back. So let's not give the devil room. Parents, watch out for your kids. Don't don't give any room for the devil to work in their life. But let's let's just look into our own life and say, Lord, I want to follow, I want to stay close to you. I don't want to give the devil any room to work. You and I, we are our worst enemy. If we sin, we can't blame anybody else but us. This prodigal, he had everything going for him, and he still made a bad decision. Let's not be a prodigal. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for being a God who is uh, forgiving and does have grace towards us when we go astray. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us just to uh, stay close to you. I pray that uh, we would not allow the devil to have room in our lives and that you would just help us put a hedge of protection around our homes, our families, our marriages. Uh, Lord, just lead us and guide us, please. And may you be glorified uh, in our lives. And so work now, please. Speak to hearts for Christ's sake. Amen. We're going to have-